0: everyone, this is Across the Line with Chris Greatrich and of Tupas and uh, this is our second episode, but this is part one of two in this very, very long interview with James Youngers. but yeah, this, this interview
1: uh, had to be a two-parter uh, <laughs> definitely wasn't going to be a two-hour special um, James was, was extremely generous with his time as well as he was with his stories um, very very open with his time at Chelsea, um, growing up in England, uh, and then what it was like for him when he found himself
0: out of football, which I think was a really, really interesting part. If you want us to continue doing more episodes, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube and also download the episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and on Spotify. You can also like our Facebook page and also share the videos that we have there and drop a comment para to across the line. Today, we have Philippine football legend James, I think
1: it's James. Is it James or Phil? I'm not sure. I think it's James' <laughs> young
2: husband in the in the room. How are you? I'm very good, mate. A bit, a bit adjusted. It's been a week now since I've got back to Manila, so adjusted now. And I'm very happy and very proud to be here on Across the Line. Yeah. Beautiful.
1: Uh, just just so everyone knows, James um, has recently
2: returned from the UK.
1: We yep. were cel- I, I was there also at the, the celebrating the... I didn't get an invite. No, you didn't get, oh, didn't you? Oh. Didn't get the call up? Yeah. I got the call I up. I figured
2: I was lost in the mail, mate. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Don't worry, you're invited to my one, yeah? Oh, yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> At least I get one young husband wedding together. <laughs> there's, de- there's no definite date yet, though. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, yeah, so last week, um, Philip, young husband, um, off the market, married to- Officially now. Officially yeah. now. Officially now. A lovely. Margaret Hall Margaret Margaret Young husband young
2: Margaret,
0: Margaret Young husband who well, let's, let's, al- let's ask let's yeah. ask her we don't like, like, we don't
2: actually know really <laughs>
0: yeah, the, the, the photos were beautiful guys yeah. you know everyone was looking good looking sharp there yeah it was it was really great it was really great
2: um saying before like people have asked me how was and I give them this honest answer you really live in the moment when you when when it actually happens like I was very honored to be the best man. and Did,
0: did you, did the tear
2: fell? I held it in, I held it in. Okay. He gave a great speech. Thank you Chris, He gave a great Thank speech you. and it was emotional. Thank you so it, much. It wasn't a dry eye in the house. He managed yeah,
1: to keep I, it together. You broke a little bit at I, one point. I, I told it together.
2: Uh, well, I like uh, Chris, uh, uh, Rob's review uh, that he said, it was just Jimmy, <laughs> it was a Jimmy speech. And I, I, that's why I really tried to make it like, I felt like, you know, like people say, have you prepared your best man speech yet? And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I had a rough idea in my mind what I was gonna say, but I ha- I just wrote notes down and what I must include in the speech. But like, I was all relaxed, but then right after we finished the ser- the, the church ceremony, and then we sat down, I couldn't eat dinner. I was so nervous, mm. it started to hit me. And it actually, I had memories of your wedding, mate. I was like, like, that one was a bit, I was a bit more relaxed. I was really a guest then, but I could feel like how nervous you must have been or, and your brothers weren't nervous, that's for sure. <laughs> um but me, I was nervous because I was like, Oh, I'm speaking to people like half the group. I it's Mags's side from England, so I don't really know them. I'm getting to know them now. So but um in the end it worked out really well and um I just really it's the truth, it sounds cheesy, but I spoke from the heart. And include like some stories, some funny stories. The jokes I think that would have worked in the Philippines didn't work there, though. Oh, the <laughs> and, and <laughs> that's the, the cultural exactly, word, exactly. And then the jokes that would work here, oh no, the jokes that would work here didn't work there. They I
0: was kind of. Oh, did you tell them about the the bachelor party? Did I the no. the story of no, the, I did not. That's imp- seventy. That come like, how, how much was it? Oh no, we'll get to that part a <laughs> bit. Yeah.
2: Um, but I remember because I learned my lesson from Chris's wedding. Uh, with the, the His best men's speeches that do not mention the bachelor party because you get some people there who weren't there, and they're like, "Oh yeah, talk about the party we weren't at." So, <laughs> like, I, I know, I know how it feels uh, I know I've seen some people's reactions to that. So now I just spoke about stories about Phil and Mags, and I actually mentioned how I actually met Mags first. Uh, that because, didn't go down very well that didn't did go it? down but that kind of that's what I mean that was kind of like oh, well, I got kind of, it I yeah cheers <laughs> mate <right. Yeah, jeez laughs> right. but it kind of was like it kind of back. I didn't mean it it was kind of impl- me implying that yeah I could have got with her instead of my brother but no I didn't mean <laughs> it I was just saying that it's funny I met Mags before Phil and so like I just I thought I'd throw that out there but they were kind of thinking the, the group thought that I was implying that I could have we could have been that together but i, I did not mean that oh she's a sister to me um but yeah that's how it started off well and yeah it was all in all a really great great time and really happy and then sort of like where it's the whole the whole venue was nice the wedding the pictures as you said and it was like
1: a mini reunion as well yeah like a, lot, a lot of people have commented on the fact that you know we was a very old school Ascal yep. vibe there no exactly i made sure to mention
2: there. the like, I knew you'd like that one. I said, like, the young husband, when I gave the speech, I mentioned everyone in the in attendance, the young husband group, our school friends, and then our Ascal Filipino friends. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, Chad Gold was there. Chad was there. Chad was uh, there, and it was great to talk to him. And yeah, we were hoping he'd give a little song, but I think he just wanted to relax. And it, uh, going back to what Chris was saying, how it actually was, it's a great catch-up, but it wasn't, like, usually you think everyone would be drinking, but I think everyone was too busy talking and catching up that not many people like had a lot to drink and stuff and people enjoying like catching up and sharing stories well if you got a good review from rob that that must be yeah good. rob and chris, oh, chris. Yeah. they're the ones that matter <laughs> <They're> <laughs> the <laughs> the and, uh, of course phil and the fa- uh, Meg's his family matter as well when they hear the speech
1: <laughs> uh, one of the things that struck me about the wedding i don't know if you saw it but the production was incredible mm. um it garnered a little bit of uh notoriety with um some of our media friends over here yeah um how w- one of the things i want to talk about with you is you've effectively grown up in the limelight mm-hmm. here in the philippines yeah the spotlight's been on you and your brother yeah, pretty much since you've been here mm-hmm. um how have you dealt with it because i, I know for me i would struggle <coughs> with that and i have struggled with the very limited yeah. sample that i've had but you guys I think have dealt with it really well, in my opinion. And what oh, cheers, I've, 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 you know, I've had the pleasure of being around you mm. in some of those moments. But how do you deal with it? How do you deal with the attention? Is it something you enjoy? Is it something that you just have
2: to put up with? Because mm. you seem to take it in your stride. Mm. Now it's, um, I'll be honest, pal. It's they know me and my brother here in the Philippines, but then in other parts of the world they don't. So we kind of have that luxury of coming here and it's like. We get everyone's reactions, but then we have can have a break from it going out the country. Um, See, I disagree with that. You think? Yeah, yeah. Go to
0: Indonesia. And,
1: uh, I, I've been with mm. you in Dubai. Yeah. I've been with oh, yeah, you, in, like. you <laughs> in other places, <laughs> and <laughs> oh my god, it's James Young has been <laughs> off So I, I disagree. I, I think <laughs> most it's still within the Filipino community. Yeah. but there's very few places that you can go to because Filipinos <laughs> are everywhere. Let's be honest. Yeah, where that's true. People aren't going to recognise you. People do recognise you. Yeah. I mean. You know, how do you feel that you're walking in a mall you know you want to go and buy your groceries or whatever mm. you might be in the philippines you might be you know somewhere in the middle east but yeah. you get recognized i mean how do you find that
2: i'm actually fortunate i've got i've got good people around me to help us deal with that to kind of share the load actually um like got your yourselves and like um when like we have a bit of banter when we're with the team um and then we've got like, sort of uh, our family friends uh, jojo durian and uh, uh, uh God bless her, rest her soul, Kathy cafe, Nazareno, before. They, they helped share the workload. we'd always... You had that place to come together where it would be at your houses and you can relax with, like, some drinks and food. And when you go out, you sort of, like... I'll be honest. It sounds to me sucking up to the Philippines, play, uh, sip sip. but it is true. It's how nice the Philippine com- uh, culture is. Like, people, they will, like... They will ask, are you Philo James? Yeah. <laughs> because the, they say we look alike, but, now nah, if you see us, we we actually look a bit different yeah but um they um they uh they are so nice about it there's no one aggressive about it of course people would like a picture mm-hmm. would like to interact with you and i i kind of put it my like it's really rewarding because i'll be it may sound a bit my album but growing up we had role models such as david beckham and like you if you see hollywood like you see how these guys are and how appreciate uh, me I tried getting like I feel if I saw a Hollywood celebrity I'd be like uh, I would the first thing I, is that just that moment I have with that person and that how what I take away of seeing that person and how that person reacted to me asking them for a picture or just like that just that even that 10 seconds mm-hmm. how that person uh, responded to me I look at the lights uh, like I'll be I went to Singapore when Sarah's went there for pre-season and I was on the same flight as him, but I was going for the Captain Marvel event. And um, like these, you've got like these bit Hollywood personalities coming to Singapore. So we had the likes of all the Asian, Southeast Asian communities, Singapore people, Indonesia people, Vietnamese people, and then Philippines people. But like, they were really nice, Brie Larson. She, you see how she treated fans, but Samuel Jackson, how he's trying to have banter with everyone. Mm. And he's just a cool guy. He just, I was like, with well, me, I'd be so stressed out, but he just seemed so relaxed walking down. But then the one who really stuck was Gemma Chan. Gemma Chan, mm-hmm. she walked in and she she went literally, was looked tired to be fair to her, but she got everyone and, asked, and took a picture of everyone she could with. And she was there for about an hour, walking up and down, taking pictures of everyone. And then even like, same with, not comparing myself to these guys, but I'm just saying how people react when being asked for pictures or autographs at these events, or as you say, that celebrity kind of mode. And then you have, um, like I remember Angelina Jolie I went to London and I waited a long time just to like uh, just to get a glimpse of her and she was beautiful uh, but <laughs> just the way I remember her she was next to us and then she was like the security was trying to rush her but mm-hmm. she was like no I want to get everyone and just that hearing that, that shows that they really, like, I know they're in front of people but just like they, will, they are willing to sacrifice their time to just give you a good experience and be nice and that actually does spread around and make people react better to mm-hmm. each other that's huh.
0: actually something that uh, a lot of people don't know about you yeah you're a movie buff i am a movie buff actually. That's, <laughs> a, that's, that's why that's coming out now <laughs> not, a lot, not a lot of people know this yeah right <laughs> so i would like because
1: what, what we, actually how i wanted to start this interview was talking about your love of movies yes, yes, mate. <laughs> because basically <laughs> i just brought it up myself yeah, i mean you like football <laughs> yeah but you love movies i love it yeah I, I love specifically football though, comic yeah. book movies specifically right? yeah it's right. become
2: like oh, that's more my hobby now yeah right? it's like I'm really into that now, and like, I'm still into football, and I enjoy my football. It's just like you just take it out of that and then do something else that doesn't stress you out. Well. Yeah, is, is it is it
1: something that you think is is part of your kind of relaxation routine? Yeah, exactly, is that, that what it is? That's for you? the
2: good one. Yeah, it's like I've been lucky enough this time. I've had off football, like to go to some events and interact with the like the Disney Philippines people, and they've had me in their event. And it's good just to talk to socialize with them. And talk because there is no politics when it comes to that sort of thing and uh it's just great to you say like the relaxation part of it is that something you want to do because you always joke about wanting to go to Hollywood <laughs> and be an actor no, no i'm not going to be an actor though. you sure i'm sure, you, I'm sure. but you, you say i will it like you joke it no, no, joke no. i will it, say I I'm, I'm i i i will be honest it's one where i would like to get involved as just i'm interested like let's be honest we only live like once in our lives and life's short like i love that i've been doing football for 10 years now and uh i'll come back to it later with <laughs> about how the schedule's been but you just with that part you just i'm interested in how how movies are made and the art that goes into it and to be honest wh- I was, when i go to these events seeing the crowd the the community that comes together for these events and that's it's with them it's not about them they are actually fans of the artwork and people's work yeah that's,
0: uh, mm-hmm. that's um, kind of mm-hmm. like football as well yeah
2: exactly that's what i mean that's that's what like I said it's really bringing people together and like you share these common interests and it's a good way for people to bond and talk and get along
1: I want to bring it back a little bit to the the sort of celebrity aspect Mm. um I think you deal with it really really well cheers um you know, and I think when you touched upon the fact, you know, like Angelina Lee is, mm. is willing to spend time with their fans mm. and, and really give them that, even if it's just for that, that little glimpse, exactly, that little right. moment, I think that that makes, yep. um, you know, it, it makes their day, it makes their week, it makes their life in exactly. In some exactly right, yeah. And, and I, I see that with you, like I see that with your brother and I think you're really good with interacting with your fans, Cheers, um, you know, whether it be on social media, whether it be in public. <laughs> where does that stem from, do you think? Because I think a lot of people, when they get to a certain level mm. um, you know, of whether it be celebrity, we yeah. don't see yourself as a celebrity but but you are. Um where, where do you think that stems from? Like you say about sort of being grounded and, and wanting to share time yeah. with these people and giving them a good experience. What where, yeah. where do you think ultimately that stems from? Uh, sorry, mate, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> like a lot of people are quite arrogant, I think. Mm. And when they get to that level, it's like, well, I'm a superstar. <laughs> I don't need to spend my time taking a picture, yeah. but you do. Mm. You do. Like is that something that is it like you said people around you that have kept you grounded? Do you think it's from from your past as a, as a young child? Like yeah. do you think your parents instilled that from you from a young age to be humble? Like where does where do you think it that that level of grounding and that level of sort of care and attention? Uh, definitely comes uh, from
2: background being yeah. um especially coming from my mum and dad. Like um our mum was very um she got mad. she would always get mad at my brother when he was a bit my a bit arrogant <laughs> about stuff she said, no I did not raise you that way you gotta be but be a bit more like down to earth and be a bit more like um thankful for what you what you have yeah uh our dad was the strict one but yeah. you could understand why he was, especially as you get older like, now I know what my dad meant by that and but yeah just I think it was just the family environment like as well I had my brother as well to bounce off I have had good friends like like you and so to to talk about stuff with and um it's just that that i say it's surround yourself by the good people that's who you and that's who you're about I'm being honest i know what people mean when you, see, you hear you see some people be a bit arrogant but mm. i guess that's that's what they if they're that's their group that they probably hang around with if they are because yeah. i've always liked, like like you want to if you're in a good environment you will that's what energy you'll you'll get and then you are that's what you're very influenced by so Yeah, that's why I really believe that if things are out of your control, the best thing you can do is just lead by example. Yeah, I remember
0: your mom uh, fondly. Yeah, (laughs) she was always uh, she was very supportive. Very uh, coming over to games, traveling before, and I remember I had um, one one dinner with her first time probably like 2008, (laughs) and these waiters (laughs) in the restaurant in Iloilo, they were all uh, looking forward to serving her because she's like giving away 200 peso chips. bribery. that was the first encounter with your mom I was yeah. like oh <laughs> now i know why uh, phil and james are like this.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah no, our mom she's she's I'll be honest like like it's like your mom Chris like that Filipino like that that tradition where they their kids is all is that's their life their kids and um, our mom like got like rest herself she just uh, when we were younger, I mean, our sister was just born and me and Phil were still in high school and we couldn't drive yet, but our mum would drive us, like drive. She just learned to pass her test, but so she was quite scared, but she still did it. She'd pick us up every day from school and drive us straight to football training at Chelsea Football Club in London. So it was like an hour, hour and a half drive from where we were. And she did. It. And like obviously London, it's very aggressive, especially on the roads, but that's how much she she wanted us, like she would do for us. She'd willing to sacrifice like her time and getting yelled at by other drive, road rage people just to bring us to training and c- c- bring get us to, we were fortunate enough to get that education and she'd actually have she put spaghetti like microwavable spaghetti in the microwave before and have it prepared for us after school so we had some food before training a bit of cargo load and yeah so it's, we were very fortunate to have that actually
1: how was it for you growing up in, in the UK obviously I, I want you to kind of paint the picture for what it was mm. like um, for you growing up because you grew up in Staines. Staines. Yeah, Stains bro- brother is Yeah, for, for those you who don't know, Staines is is made famous by a, um, well, initially a television series, yep. um, Ali G in the house, <laughs> and, then, and then subsequently the Stains film. is massive. Um, your brother obviously is 11 months? 11, 11 months, months, months younger than me, younger exactly. Than Same year at school. Same year exactly. at school. Exactly. And, exactly. Then, exactly. and then Kerry
2: is- 14 years gap. 14 years gap. So yeah. obviously
1: the, it was primarily the two of you with your so mom and dad. Yep. So close, growing in age. Up. Yeah. How, how was it for you growing up in Staines?
2: It was great, it yeah. was great. Um, it was um, a bit young when I mean, I've always put myself my mind to back when I was a young kid and what I thought about stuff. And I didn't know how big the world was then because you're in Staines, you're mm. st- in that town, and Staines is they have a quite well known football team, Staines Town. And like that was th- that just that community of Staines where like people would play football. It's a nice area to grow up in, they have like parks. Um, you've had like uh we would play football on the streets and stuff and i was quite fortunate enough i had my brother so we'd always play sports together we'd ride our bikes with our dad to the park and it was uh by the river so you had the bet you had it's like a nice place like you walk by the river you river, had like, thames. river thames exactly yeah. so and then you'd have the um you'd have like a, the local pub which is a hotel as well where we call it the pack horse and that's where every sunday our family our dad's side we'd, we'd always go there and he'd they'd have a pint together and catch up for the week mm-hmm. and and gossip <laughs> While well, and then me and phil we'd go off with our cousin who i'm not sure if you might have met him at the wedding mm-hmm. a tall guy yep. on our the young husband table and then uh, so we'd go off sneak off with him lighting matches trying to light trees on fire because we didn't know <laughs> that wasn't good but um like and then i remember phil foot now and then falling in the river thames when we played by the by the river and then we that, that, that made its appearance in the in the no this was a different one it feels it okay. feels been in the river loads of times All actually right. i think i may have fallen in one time yeah we yeah we're clumsy us me and phil growing up and yeah it's it's really nice then it's just right, it's that environment of growing up there and like um it, it's a nice place to grow up in and uh, we were very fortunate and um uh just you have as i said you have the river you have the the 10 uh, the the parks to play football in and just that community of like that's that's what got uh, got us into sports when we were younger and who introduced you to football our dad yeah our dad um uh our dad signed us up with the local youth of um, stainstown then and
0: like which uh division was in the,
2: they were back then in the ryman premier so that's maybe six tiers down yeah, think from the top down, maybe yeah. a bit further down but it was good it was good it's like then it's not about the money it's not about the money it's just playing the sport for what it is and like uh, I said, I had my brother, so it was something we could do together. I tried all sports, um, like swimming. We did taekwondo. We did athletics. We did cr- cricket. Cricket we didn't like because it's a lot of standing around. <laughs> and like um, I think my brother, uh, like the balls are hard. We didn't like that. <laughs> but uh, swimming, I wasn't a fan of getting up at 5 a.m. And <laughs> like it was tiring. <laughs> it was tiring. Like it's just a rush in your You just look down and see the water the whole time um what well, athletics yeah it was the, those were more individual sports and that's why I respect these guys who do it like because it that is that is really challenging those sports but football it was something me and Phil could do together when you're on the team and then you' play like you get a res- you win together you lose together and you you're in it together really and that's why I think we really stuck with football and obviously football was really growing then with the Premier League and it was something that was constantly on TV so you what are you playing like Sunday League football at this point Sunday um yeah. We weren't in. We weren't. We were just playing mini leagues, like yeah, a bit like with Anton's league. We're playing seven a side, yeah, yeah. like just every Sunday, and it yeah. was good to. That was good just to play and get get a feel for it. Uh, it wasn't too serious. But then we were actually quite late starters in getting involved in the Sunday league team. We when we were ten years old, we signed. Oh really? Up, we signed That's quite up. late. That's quite that is late exactly why, exactly
1: why why the sort of the delay in starting. I think
2: because we were unsure if we really wanted to pursue football. Really, we were playing football at a young age. But in joining teams, we were quite late starters, really? as, you, as you said, mate. Um, and um, I think uh, obviously, like, you sort of discover, still discovering what sports you'd like to do, and giving it all a, a test. And then, um, um, so we joined a team, uh, which actually wasn't in Staines, it was Stanwell, like it was Stanash mm-hmm. Colts, and again, me and Phil played together. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and like you joined that team. And we actually didn't, uh, we stayed there for maybe a year, year and a bit, and our dad took us out the team and this is an incident no one knows this i've mentioned this for a long time me and phil just talked about this our dad we were at a tournament and our dad was not happy he actually grabbed me and my brother's hand and and we uh we walked away because um we weren't we weren't playing enough right (laughs) and then yeah and we you know, our dad took us out and then we found out maybe about a week or two later that team had folded because we were like what because me and phil weren't playing anymore but we weren't even playing in the lineup because we weren't winning games and me and phil were on the bench a long time and so we and and why I weren't you what, playing that much i f- you because know, like,
1: like, well, i'm always intrigued to know what because th- there's there's I, some footballers uh, yeah. who from the age of three four you know, this kid's going to be a star yeah was this the case for you or not because no, no, like we're still playing it's
2: Uh, me I was still young still understanding how football Mm. worked and um, I think it's hard because when you've got parents involved there's a Mm. lot of issues with parents and that's why I I put myself in parents shoes now it's like yeah the most important thing it's you're not going to get both ways where your goal is to win and develop because if it's to win you will play the strongest players and they'll play more but if it's to develop you've got to give everyone a fair share which is why I understand where at first when we I'm skipping ahead when we joined Chelsea Football Club there is no league in in youth mm. development. There is no league. It's just games you're playing against other uh, other academies, but they don't do a league table because they think that's not the goal. The goal is to develop players, and that's why it's very difficult at a young age uh, at youth football to have league tables. Because yeah, you want to encourage winning, you want, but then play everyone. All the players are going to develop differently. Mm. Like, I remember, like, and it's like you get some players like all of a sudden near when they're 20, all of a sudden their their height they they just shoot up in size. And that's when I realized. Like, we'd always question back then. Why is there no league table? Why are we not like like they do in the Premier League? But that, when you get older, you understand mm. because that is not the goal. The goal is to develop and get kids playing, and you can they can afford to make mistakes, and it's not it's not too much on the young kid. They can make mistakes, but then they learn from it because there's going to be other games. But they're not. There's no league table. So what happened then? So you left the club. We left the club, and then what? So and then the other then team folded. So they, the they team went, folded. Yeah. and then we actually. That's when. Uh, and you joined and who? We joined Halliford Colts. We joined another team. Ooh. And this one was, we, we we got a bit, uh, <laughs> uh, we were really close to this group. Like we'd go around each other's houses for barbecues. Mm-hmm. This was a real good community. This, and how old uh, are you at this point? I think uh, eight or nine. No, no, we joined 10. So maybe 11 or 12. Okay. But, but, but back then, we actually were training with Chelsea. Like we, we, uh, it's quite a confusing time, but we were with okay. Chelsea part time as well. Like, how, and how know. did that come about? We were with our school team. We went on county trials mm. because we played for our school team. Yeah, and when we went to the county trials, we. So were this our, will be Surrey, I'm guessing. Surrey, yeah, yeah Surrey. Surrey schools, right? and, yeah, uh, we played for. Um, so just to give
1: a little backdrop for for yeah. everyone who might not understand yeah. the landscape of sort of um, football in in the UK, mm. a, l- a lot of times players will play for their, their school or their club team yeah. and then from there represent their mm-hmm. in, in england it's called county yeah. people might recognize that as state or or, or, pro- region. or province province yeah. province, yeah, province. to say it here um, so that yeah i'm assuming this is made up of the best players from your school our yeah, school sent school, us school areas, there was yeah.
2: two there was district and county yeah. county was the bigger one yeah um so we went on our school our primary school sent me and my brother to county charles with our other school friend And when we played, we went to the tryouts, it was just constant games. And me and my brother, like, we had some scouts come, like, yeah, Tottenham, Mm -hmm. Chelsea, Watford, or mainly all the London clubs. They went up to our mum and dad and inquired, would we like to go training with Chelsea? And it was massive. And, uh, yeah.
1: Just just stepping back a little bit,
2: Mm. that must be quite
1: a considerable shift yeah. for in in quite a short period of time it was, mate, I mean it was. You, by the sounds of what you're saying you know probably 2 years earlier you're playing on a Sunday league team and not getting much game time yep. you know with an irate dad who's pulling you off the field yep. so in a very short space of time you've now in a position where you're getting asked to join one of the most prestigious clubs exactly, in the right. country yeah. what what's happened in that in that two year period is it is it just your love for the game has developed yeah. you worked you worked really hard on your skills and your technique like like, how have you kind of bridged that gap between not playing much Sunday league to, to being asked to join a really big club
2: um, I think um what you call it? I think the you're right. It all happened at once. Mm. So you're falling in love with the sport. It's on TV. You've you got you're playing for. We, that's what's good. We were playing for loads of teams, so we're playing more football. But the teams didn't conflict with each other. Mm. So we had our school team. Mm-hmm. We had um, we played for our district as well. We played for our county team. We played for and then we played for our club team. And then obviously now Chelsea's coming yeah. about.
0: So it's that's a lot of teams to play for. So how 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 many days in a week do you guys play? For which one? For for, for <laughs> the, all, the foot, the, all the football overall. This, yeah.
2: So for the uh, for the school team, maybe get two games a month, but you, we train when we're in school. Uh, ca- uh, district and county. That was very not much, but that was maybe you play four or five games a year. It was spread out a bit. It wasn't too consistent. And then for our club team, every Sunday and then every yeah, training, training, training once, twice, twice a week, a week yeah. yeah which is part-time like yeah. semi-professional and then you have um and then Chelsea that at first you start off just twi- training twice a mm-hmm. week and then you get you and then here's where the part the tricky part the conflict uh, not conflict the decision making came when we were at Chelsea we were trained twice a week but then they would then they would have games as well and then obviously if you did well in training they'd want you you'd be invited to play for the game and good thing is because there is no league there's no registration so then you play and you play for the you can play for the team whenever uh when they when they just call you up. So when they call you up for Chelsea that's when we had to make a decision between Halifax Colts mm. and Chelsea. And that's when it became a bit like we still we, like, they took it they didn't take well, and we had to leave. We made the decision to follow Chelsea. And at what age have you made this decision? Uh,
0: Eleven and twelve. Eleven yeah. and twelve. Wow. Yeah. So you left the Colts for the Blues, huh? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You
1: make it sound like a hard decision. It was you know, hard. So Chelsea it, against Arsenal, or you know, Halliford Colts against some other hard. Colts It team. was hard. It's, like, is um, it but, more
2: because the fact you wanted to be with your friends? Uh, yeah. No, the community. That yeah. community. And obviously, when you're at Chelsea, it's you still get along with others. But obviously, it's, it's very yeah different environment. It's very competitive. Like it. That's one where. This is one where you're pursuing it for a career or well, kind of a culture, you still enjoy it you still it's more about the community and as a team so yeah we had to make that decision and yeah we we went to play for chelsea and that's when yeah so we're at chelsea now mm. <laughs> so you
1: signed for chelsea so you're 12 feels 11. yeah you both signed at the same time yeah but we've been training
2: for a couple of years with them, but this is when you officially
1: sign on to yeah. be there
2: that's your your main team now so now you're training
1: what two or three times a week at this point? point two to three times a week yeah. and then yeah every near the
2: airport and yeah. Harlington yeah, back yeah Then no, no, it was yeah. good you always got a miles Binder the back there uh, Luca's aid which is the Gatorade version there
1: so are, are we are we in sort of a Abramovich era at this point nope. or approaching
2: it nope this is the this is the Jan, Ken Bates this is the Ken Bates yeah. the Gianluca Vialli mm-hmm. Rude Hullet time but so we, Dennis Wise at, time. At, this,
1: at this point now just again to shed a little bit of light for our listeners the, the influx of foreign players has, has started at, at Chelsea. Bit by bit. Bit by bit. bit. By bit. I remember, Some English I, I remember going to that training ground and playing at Heathrow. Mm-hmm. I remember I must have been about 12, so I'm three years older than you. Yep. And I remember we played them on a Sunday. I remember seeing Dennis Wise, who we actually yep. ended up getting to know quite well, yep. and, uh, and Ruud Hullett. Yep. And Rude Hullett was running around yep. the field. So obviously he, he was probably the first of that foreign contingent yep. to come through. So this would have been... Like you know, probably n- late, mid mid to late 90s at yeah, this yeah, point. Yeah. So this is probably sort of a little bit later on for you. Um, what was the vibe like at Chelsea? Because obviously the, the, the transition had started to happen at this point. So yep. Chelsea were no longer sort of, you know, a bang average London team. They were, they were a team kind of headed in, exactly, in the yeah. right direction now. Yep. So how, how was it for you sort of being a part of that
2: club? I was, as a young kid, and then you're watching TV every week and you're seeing these players on TV... As a young kid, that's amazing because you're not used to it. You're not used to, you're like, I see him on TV and then now I'm seeing him in real life and mm. oh, he looks bigger than he does on TV. It's, that's what we I mean, as a young kid, you're training at the same place as Chelsea where they train every day. So it really makes you feel part of You're like, oh, I'm that close. Mm. And um, yeah, if you now, because we trained in the evenings and the first team would train in the mornings, you sometimes wouldn't see them, but maybe they'd be in the gym or in the physio room yeah. getting treatment throughout the whole day. So you may now and then, when you're training at, at Harlington Heathrow, uh, you would see a glimpse of them, and th- that means so much to you. And you're like, it's, again, it's going back. You're not actually thinking how much money like this you can earn a living for this. You just see it as football, and and like a, a, a player like who play who who plays uh, who plays football on TV, who you witness. Mm. So it's quite surreal, but it's just, and I think that's what I mean. That's why I know what it's like to be a young kid, and you see see people like see players who perform who play for their who play football uh regularly quite inspirational yeah that's a good word inspirational and it's i said in this time we're still learning i'm still learning how it works the system and how it works because you're very like it's like yeah i'm gonna i'm I'm gonna play football i'm gonna play football (laughs) yeah but it's like you don't realize again it's you don't realize how very slim it is a chance of making it now that
0: that what was that time uh were there a lot of you know young international players coming in like this is the the scouting was yeah they'd have uh, that intense
2: um in chelsea yeah no actually this was when they were very um you had a lot of young english players this when i think john terry just was in the youth as well he was a young scholar jody morris jody morris uh, jody morris and uh John Harley, Harley. left back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you had all these a lot young, of local guys, coming a lot from. of young players. So that's that was, ch- and then you had Steve Clark, mm-hmm. like as the as a the player for them. And so I mean, so that was Chelsea back then. And obviously, then we worked our way up uh, through twelve till 13, 14, 15. and then sixteen. is the time when you're about to leave school, and then your decision time if you, they're going to take you on as a young scholar, a YTS, and then. That's the one where you'll be training. You'll get a, 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 some allowance and salary to play football instead of going on to college. Basically, young professional. Young at, professional. At
1: this point. So this is sort of sixteen to nineteen years old. Yep. Um, I, I want to backtrack a little bit with that's that's right. for your kind of schoolboy sure career. Me. Um, at what point? Because I'm assuming during this, this sort of period of twelve to sixteen, you're now thinking, I wanna make a career out of football. Yep. You know, and this is the, ch-
2: your, your mode, your mindset's changed. And I'll bit. be honest, uh, well, everyone knows that growing up I modelled my game after David Beckham. Mm. Like um this is the time David Beckham was probably the best player one of the best players in the world. You playing the same position? Same position, yeah, right wing. Same style of play. Yeah. So me and my brother we'd go outside whether it be in our back garden or to the park or even on the streets where like we literally play football and i would just work on me whipping the ball in and phil finishing off like, who's phil my brother phil. No,
1: who's phil who's phil modeling his game on <laughs> you have a dwight yorker andy cole um or actually
2: as well maybe a bit like he would be michael low yeah, yeah yeah okay i think I was, to that's that. not a bad yeah thing. exactly so for england you would had beckham whipping it in, yeah. whipping oh. the ball in for uh for the, the strikers so that's what me and my brother would just constantly do and it was good because we got a chance to do that every day after school even when it was dark we had a, like a little lamp you could still see everything on the road but then we were able to bring that onto the field and i think actually that's what really helped me and my brother especially me because phil was a really talented still is talented player in chelsea mm. and obviously he scored the goals and he was, was he prolific big... as a kid yep yeah well me i was sort of like the midfielder a right-sided player right back sometimes right winger mm-hmm. kind of having to prove that i could I was worthy of a YTS, and Phil. Um, but I think that really helped me with me learning to cross a ball and feel like finishing off because they were like young uh, two brothers playing together who work well together. That's a, that's good to have.
1: And where where would you say you were within that group? Like, did you always feel I've got a really good chance of making it here?
2: No, or, or? It was. I, uh, being honest, I think I was kind of, I was a question mark. Yeah. So uh, who else is
1: coming through with the in in the age group? We
2: had a lot. We were kind of seen as the next. Uh, the next uh, class of ninety two. Right. But uh, we had high hopes for your age category. Yeah, high age for age category and uh this is when the Ken Bates was still in charge. Mm-hmm. Um I think we were the group that they took on there were seven of us. They took on they really they didn't give uh they didn't give uh YTS to some of the boys but before I think the year before they maybe did three or three okay. or four. But ours I think was the biggest group that they took on for Y T S so yep. seven of us. Yeah, Seven of us so. And who's in that group? So you're uh, you and your brother? Me
1: and my brother. Yeah. Jimmy Smith. Yep, who obviously went on to have a
2: yep. good good footballing career. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually, uh, at the moment, uh, catching up with these boys on Instagram, which yeah. is quite good. Thank, <laughs> thank you for social media, by the way. Uh, Jimmy Smith, Anthony Grant, um, yeah. Adrian Pettigrew, Ed Brand, and Joe Tillon. Forgive me if I forgot, but that's seven, yeah. Seven, yeah. Seven of us. So. And some of those, I think
1: Ed's back at the Ed club there, right? He's, yeah? he's
2: working with the youth team, I think. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah and, and, and how have the rest of the boys fared? Uh, they're still, they're all still playing in the yeah. game so they've all found a career in the game wow. which is fantastic yeah. it's great to hear um, but there's a very good story about um, there's a boy who uh, Joe Edwards he was mm, par I know r- the story go on tell Joe, it I'm Edwards. sure the listeners would really like to hear uh, this one. Joe Edwards and Joe Edwards was a great player like a great centre midfielder a bit like me we both had the David Beckham hair <laughs> when growing up but um, Joe was great uh, Joe was great and it, it, he wasn't uh, he wasn't one to get YTS with us but, so of course it did work out for him as a player but then i think he took a bit of a break from football at 16 and then uh, neil Barth, the academy director offered him come try being a coach so he became a coach at chelsea with the academy and worked and he's, he's been with them ever since part of the chelsea group as a coach as a coach he's now part of the first team with frank lampard as a coach mm-hmm. so now i've seen every time i'm seeing chelsea in pre-season mm-hmm. i see joe edwards there i think that's a fantastic he's done fantastically well but to but the, remain in the game but he's, he stopped playing Stop playing but for, for how long um he would still play like i think for like recreational but he really pursued coaching as a career so i think that's a great example showing if you don't make it as a player you could there's still there's still something in the game for you
0: And yeah, so early into he's it he's still young and yeah. i'm
2: being honest i see him one day being a being a premier league coach mm. if he carries on the way he's on the route he's out it's an incredible
0: story, yeah. that
1: one. I mean, I, I've I've known about him because I think you turned me on to him quite a while back. Yeah. He said to sort of follow He's, his career.
2: That's what I mean, there's boys in there like like yourself. I think mean, just you speak to them, they have great knowledge of the game, and you know that they're going to go on and do well because it's become their craft. Football has become their craft, where like it's they're just constantly thinking of football and it's they know what how how the game works. Yeah. So obviously you get
1: taken on so so you know james has mentioned it before this the yts um, scholarship period it really is the a, a pivotal moment in a young footballer's um career yeah that's decision time. that's decision that's time, decision time decision really time. and that's when people start to get a feel for whether or not they're going to be made yeah look, you know pursuing football as a professional career yeah. or like 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 your friend having to pursue yeah, other, 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 other avenues um so then you go into full-time mm-hmm. um with with chelsea yeah but, but steve for, clark was our coach <laughs> but b- before that i'm just trying to get this this timeline co- correct um oh your father passed away yeah are you
2: are you still a schoolboy at this point Actually, you no. Know, um so we got yts our dad was still around, uh, still alive at this time right it was actually a year and a half maybe when we became scholars into so your scholarship it, he was actually uh he actually got actually i think when we got off just after we got yts Our scholarship, our young pros. Um, Our dad was diagnosed with that's right, yeah. So at that time, so it was a kind of a tricky time, but yeah, I'll be honest. uh Chelsea Football Club was, were for fantastic in supporting me and my brother. They actually, the coaches would arrange pickups for me and my brother because we couldn't drive yet. Right, still learning to drive. Yeah. Uh, Steve Clark would bring us, like, actually drive me home from training. Steve really? Clark, the football coach. <laughs> but And I mean, and he, no, he was great. It's one where he would talk. He goes, uh, "You learning to drive, James?" I went, "Yeah." And he was like, yeah, "It's just like football practice." And he's right. It's they were so supportive. Like they would, they would do whatever they could mm. to help you make it. As a as a footballer, like they would really do anything, like and I've, with anyone, if they see if you've got the right attitude and like they really want you to do well, they don't want to see anyone fall, fall out fall out that fall, fall off the ladder.
1: And, what, and what, your dad was diagnosed with uh, lung cancer. Lung cancer. Lung cancer. And yeah. It was what. Um, because what was he? Do, what was what was his job? In
2: he um, was a chartered accountant. Yeah. For a company in London, uh, very handled the books of Boy George, uh, Mariah Carey uh the band prodigy like yeah. stuff like that so he worked wow. on those accounts yeah uh so yeah we we're really impressed and yeah, it when, when you say the accountant I, I have the images of um ben affleck <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> you know, in, in, in the movie <laughs> yeah. not, not the sniper, no okay Who are okay. like that uh, but yeah it was great it was, so now and then me and my brother would go into the office with our dad see him yeah. in action and it was really impressive like,
1: yeah yeah so yeah obviously a serious
2: career and, and, and feels
1: yeah. feels quite numbers Oh, number yeah. oriented, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, he, so am I. Like,
2: we well, actually, to sure. be honest, math was our strong subject. Oh, really, in school yeah. yeah. We're actually in the top grade for that one. It's, right? in, a, it's in, in the genes. Yeah, it's in the genes. Nah, not so. our little sister. She'll disagree. She's like, <laughs> I, I hate math. We're like no, that's the fun part. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what's in what we do.
1: So, and, and he battled with cancer for for a yeah year and a
2: May, maybe two years two actually. Years. Because um, but there was a time when we thought it was gone, but I think it came back. Yeah. and it was we were given the news that i think the doctors told our dad and me and my brother are still like trying to process it as yeah well. of course. Was
1: like how did it affect you on the field
2: it was like, no um maybe at home it affected me being right. honest but football was that your respite I, yeah football i just that would take my mind off it yeah. because you're surrounded by the people and you just talk football and it, that's what's great what i appreciate about the sport one of the things i appreciate about the sport that just it takes your way out takes you out of it and take you forget about those sort of things and I mean it sort of develops that attitude where you just gotta get on with life. There's nothing if by thinking about it, there's nothing you can but do but about but it. Yeah, but the thing
0: is they're so tight knit as a as a family. Mm. Yeah. And and uh, you know, you, you have football but you also have this very, you know, close relationship no, that's with it. with you know, your sister and, yep. and your mom before. Mm. Yeah. She was so hands on. Yeah. And 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 probably that's uh you know, the player you are now and uh yeah the person you are No, exactly that's why I, I, I've, I've watched inspirational talks
2: lately and the ones about the u.s that would go one usa and she talks about how she kept losing at uh, the, the six pageants in uh, six years mm. in a row before she came became miss yeah. usa and she says she thinks that time was perfect because she wouldn't be the person she is without those times so i think like i think that you're right it's the person you're molded today is what's happened in your past so yeah it's, it's great that we've had that family bond and that's why, going back to our earlier discussion mm. about how we react to certain things, that's because of what our past upbringing's been. Yeah.
1: So obviously you you do your scholarship, mm. and you were there for two, three years. Yeah. Three years. Yeah. Well, well, I I know what it's like to be released by a club, and yeah. and, it, and it's one of those moments that it, it stays with you, it haunts you, yeah. and it's it's a very difficult experience. How how, how were you informed? How were you told? <laughs> how, how how did you react?
2: I, I still remember. Um, I'll go back to as well. Like, I remember being in the Philippines. Oh, sorry, I remember being in the Philippines before we actually started our YTS, mm-hmm. and we were watching in Sofitel here, and we were watching back then. I think like some form of CNN. I think it was CNN back then, and they were actually announcing the news that Abramovich had bought the club. Mm. And to us, I had no idea what it exactly meant. I did know that they were coming and they had loads of money to now to purchase all these players and not until I actually got back to to Harlington to begin working and the head the, the head coach of the reserve team Mick McGiven then was the one to say let's all try to forget about what's happening at the top here and focus on ourselves and I was kind of oh is this a problem now right and as it went along it you could see what was happening it was obviously it's a big opportunity for Chelsea and it's great the players they bring the likes of Verón uh, this is like free spending time now free spending yeah. time and it's it's I'll be honest. It it was great to see like the players come in the caliber, but it made it very difficult as a young player at the club to really make it. Yeah.
1: So did you see that your pathway was now limited? Yes.
2: And you had a shelf life. Yes. Yeah. And that's why um, you just it's it was kind of hoping, kind of hoping. Like, I mean, I say you kind of hope that. Never you know, something may go right. It's um, but the way Chelsea would that from then on was. Getting nearer the top of the league table, pushing through to the Champions League semi-final. So top of the club, it's great. It's just for as a youth player, it's like oh no, it's very getting very slim now the chance. But you haven't played for the Philippines yet that time. Mm, no, it was two years into becoming a scholar. So when I'm nineteen. So that's when I played in C Games, C Games 2005. Which, yeah, we we'll definitely come on that Where late. we were meant to yeah. play with you, Chris. Yeah. But we couldn't make you it.
1: missed that great opportunity. <laughs> <laughs>
2: which would have been the highlight of your career. But yeah, so Chelsea, it was very difficult at that time. And then came to actually a year maybe after the C Games. I was on such a high, being honest, playing in mm. C Games. was so confident, like, coming here and pl- playing in front of Bacolod, in front of all the fans, and seeing like seeing how the st- And I was, like, so excited. I was like, I want to play here regularly now for the Philippines. And... Um, but then obviously a year later it didn't quite work out for us at, for me at chelsea my brother stayed on a year or two after but me I, I remember being called in. i, I expected it yeah you know, i expect i knew it was coming because yeah. i wasn't i was playing now and then with brendan rogers in the youth team i thought i did well yeah it's just this is brendan rogers Rod- now for leicester for manager, leicester, manager yeah. former liverpool yeah. manager who was our youth team coach yeah but um he was great i wish i think like if i had been a bit younger and worked with him things may have been a bit different yeah. uh but i think it's just we were a bit unfortunate with the timing of like steve clark was our youth team and then he got promoted to yeah. with Mourinho, and then we had we were unsure of like all the coaches came in were fantastic it's just we we're kind of like unsure of where our development was going right and um being a uh young um i knew it was coming when i got i remember being called in by mick mcgiven and neil barth mm-hmm. and i knew it was coming because obviously it, it was like you've been called in it's yeah it's not good news yeah and they uh, they just said um unfortunately um you won't be offered a new contract and i actually i, I knew it was coming so i was okay but i was actually thinking on my next step they actually asked me do you have an agent i said you know, i have someone who who can uh, get me trials at other clubs and then um so i went to uh the next day in training actually i was the best player on the park because <laughs> like, i was like i feel i've got nothing to lose now yeah um but then i went on trials to other clubs and it was there were lower leg. It just wasn't the same. It was very different. You went to my old club, didn't you? I went to Brighton. Yeah. But with Brighton as an intro, um, I actually played for stains Was it? I played against. I played Burgess Hill actually. Mm-hmm. For stains yeah. Town in a. Friendly, my other brother's old club. Yeah, I played in a friendly that on a Saturday. And I started off so well, mm. but I remember jumping up and I fell flat on my ankle, and my ankle went over, and I was in agony. and just swelled up, and like I didn't have a physio because I wasn't with a club. And Sains was a uh, semi-professional, so there was no one full-time to look at me. And I had a, someone had arranged a trial for me at Brighton. And I said I'm injured, and I, I just try f- try to hide it. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be very. I'm like limping around, so it makes me laugh when they people hear I have an ankle injury and they're like, oh, just walk it off. I'm like, no, oh, these are serious. I have to use my ankle. Uh, so I went on trial at Brighton. And I could barely kick a ball. It was agony, like, yeah. and I had to drop out. I tried to play, but the coach was like, are you injured? I went, yeah. And then he was like, why are you playing? I went well i was kind of encouraged to do it yeah. by someone and like um so i w- uh uh so i went to the physio and he went, yeah you've twisted you're, you've got a bad sprain yeah <laughs> why are you playing i went well i've got to find a club and i've got it's like yeah but you've got to be a bit more smarter it just yeah. wasn't meant to be on yeah no.
1: and where else did you go because uh, did you go i went shrewsbury yeah, shrewsbury, that's right. shrewsbury
2: i did i played a friendly game straight out, no training Went up with a, another Chelsea teammate who was sort of a bit younger than me, but also got released. Mm-hmm. We went to Shrewsbury up north, and I did really well in the first game. Best player, like, not being big-headed, best player on the field. And then we met with the co-manager after, and I was a bit like, I was a bit more relaxed, because I knew I had a good game. And then he was like, yeah, it looks like we're going to offer you a contract. So I was like, happy days. <laughs> and then went back to London, carried on training with Chelsea, and then I found out, oh, they, 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 you have another game for Shrewsbury. Went to play it. It was a bit, the conditions weren't as nice as the before. Not blaming the field, but I kind of didn't have a, I did an okay game. And then, um, and then um, so I had an okay game. And then I didn't hear back from the Shrewsbury people. And then after that, it had been arranged for me to go to Puerto Rico for a trial. there. Okay, the Islanders? For, yeah, I, the islanders. I'm not sure about it. Yeah. I went to Puerto Rico for a trial, so... I went to Puerto Rico, spoke to the academy director of Chelsea. He was with us, accompanying us to see how things were. And then I was like, well, i would never heard back from Shrewsbury. He went, yeah, I spoke to him. They said they wouldn't pursue anymore. Went, okay, that's a one bad game. You right. don't, well, bad game. Well, not bad game. I did as good as the previous game, but, oh, well, that wasn't meant to be. And then <laughs> went to Puerto Rico for a trial. As soon as I arrived, the academy director comes up to me. I've got good news and bad news. The bad news is... The coach you were meant to try out for he's just resigned the good news is we stay at a five-star hotel for a few (laughs) days so so, okay so we just went there we worked out at the gym suddenly i became so dark when i came when my brother phil saw it what's happened to you (laughs) um so i went there and and then we went from there to puerto rico went on trial to florida with for warren barton okay for Warren yep. Barton wow, you made a U.S. tour I did a U.S. Yeah. tour it was, it's like a, I was being rewarded for being released on a <laughs> holiday around the states so I went to Florida uh Florida like Warren Barton set up this like kind of exit trials thing Yep. went to where stayed in a nice accommodation like 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 these condos where like and like, it was development but it was really nice Warren Barton would drive us himself right. in his vans he'd hired and bring us to a football field the problem was only one scout had come to watch us all and he was an indoor football scout <laughs> so that kind of didn't work out um i got a nice holiday went back to stains kind of chilled for a bit
0: and yep. but, but that, that that's kind of nice that the mm-hmm. you know chelsea looked after them they after are it. they are that's
2: They're why that's why being nice people ask who do you support and i was like well growing up i used to support man united uh well i still do i still follow them but Chelsea, really, I didn't grow up supporting Chelsea, but because of the way they they looked after their player, they they are in my heart, Chelsea. And at, actually, at the moment, I really like. I hope Chelsea do really well with with Frank Lampard in charge and with their transfer ban. I hope they really f- use this opportunity to get their youth mm. and show this is a chance now
0: to get their youth involved. I have a question. Um, mm. how was Phil uh, during your your, your my very, release? Very very tough time for my you. dark days. Yeah, but the, how, how
2: was? How was your brother he you was, know, helping you out? He was good. Uh, Phil was good. Obviously, he was disappointed when things didn't quite work out for me. Uh, he still went to Chelsea and I thought he did very well. He was playing with the likes of Scott Sinclair mm-hmm. then and Phil was actually making the headlines even sometimes in newspapers being, it was mentioned that he's he's performing better than Chevchenko. Yeah, I remember that article coming yeah. out. I remember seeing, it. that was, was that pre-season? Uh, it was like, there was a, at Brentford they played at okay. Brentford yeah. and it was actually during the season like because some first teamers would play in the okay. reserves but i seemed like that shows like it's you can play better than some players mate just it doesn't work out and then um, so Phil was very good Phil's support. Well, I remember that at those times I was kind of looking at other opportunities and then Phil he would train in the mornings and then as soon as he'd get back after lunch he'd get in the car and drive straight to south uh, drive near to Wimbledon basically to go play tennis with Chad Gould every day <laughs> because he was, he was he loved tennis so he enjoyed tennis and he was good. Phil did really well he focused on his work and he had, uh, he was getting used to his routine now of maybe doing things for uh, for himself now
1: uh, like for me I I think what James has illustrated really well there is the pitfalls mm-hmm. of yeah. of being a footballer because you know people see a lot of these players they're playing in the Premier League they see all the the trappings of what yeah. comes with being a Premier League football footballer, mm. but what you don't see is the hardship. Exactly. You know, the the, the hundreds, the thousands of kids yep. that get released, that get thrown on the scrap heap. And, and where they go from where there. Where do they go from there? Exactly. Because, you know, going back to what, what Sadelph was talking about there, you, you're from a very tight-knit family, you know, mm. you've got a good support network there. For you, despite a very Hard to navigate landscape in terms of you know trialing at different clubs, getting bad advice, Yeah. albeit having a couple of nice holidays, yeah. but really not not furthering your your football no, no, career I at felt, this point. I
2: felt I was going; the clock was kind of ticking because yeah. yeah, you get you were getting a salary, but actually I'm an adult now and I need to like yes I have my family and my mum, but our dad's not around and I'm kind of like me and my brother we're sort of coming towards being the breadwinners of the family. Yeah, so you have to like you find ways to like. I was like, I need to start working. Actually, I came to a point, I was, a, after that, uh, Phil decided, like, things didn't work out for Phil, I'm going on a bit. Uh, things didn't work out for Phil at Chelsea as well, so Phil straight away moved here to the Philippines mm. and had a go at modelling and showbiz. While me, I stayed in London, and I tried other things. I did a bit of modelling work there as mm. well. Did a bit of TV work, and I actually enjoyed it. It was good. The one who helped me with that was Chad, actually. That's what Chad used to do when he was uni, and he was like, "It's good mo- it's good money, and it's quite... Work. <laughs> I think it's lucky that you sort of found something to
1: keep yourself occupied. No, that's it. Because a lot right. of people, when they come out of full-time football, mm. they go down a dark path. No, exactly, and, uh, right. and, it, and especially given the circumstances yep. with the cars that you were dealt with, yep. which was horrific. Yeah. Um, things could have been very different for you had yep. you not
2: had that support network, like exactly. you said, your family, like people like Chad and no, exactly. Exactly. And, exactly. and uh, I'll remember that moment actually when I like it was I was me and my mum. We were contemplating moving to the Philippines. Mm and it was a time when chad i was hang, uh i was with chad gould a lot in london and we were like let's i was like i'm gonna give football one more go and then um i remember we went on trial at met metropolitan mm, yes it was a, a club really financed well and they had a, nice, a sixth, seventh tier yeah they yeah. had a super nice stadium really nice grass was like beautiful you just wanted to play on it i played there for my school team in the final it was like, just fun uh, but met police, so we did the pre season work, me and Chad. We start we're right, fresh start, we're doing pre season. We're gonna stick at it we're gonna work our way up the ladder. And uh, So basically you're starting again. Starting yeah, again from semi pro. After I've done a bit of modelling work, I've picked I picked up cars for a living. I picked up, I would be the one the bailiff, <laughs> like really yeah. yeah when, when people couldn't afford to pay their cars anymore, I went with these other guys, knocked on the door, went, Yeah, we've got to take your car. <laughs> I mean, that's what that, no, that's what I had I did for extra money. Yeah. How ride. long did you how long were you? I did that you... for a year. Yeah, wow. of course, It was good it was good. It's of course it's just the way it is. No, these people they were okay about it. It's this part like they can't afford to pay the cars anymore, so, so the, y- it's y- not y- like there was any
0: struggle. Where I had to get violent. Like, like James said, it was the big guy behind <laughs> the, knocking the agent the <laughs> knocking on the door. like, so, hey, if you're not gonna give me the key, I'm, I'm, yeah, sorry. of course, I have to have money. There's out. no confrontations I have, in no, this role, no, no. <laughs>
1: everyone gave up their car willingly. They no,
2: they were not because they knew it was coming. They've been okay. we'll be around tomorrow to collect the car, but I did that with someone else, and that was good. That was a bit extra money for me, and just something so I could. Like, till I really like until football came, another opportunity, football came along. Mm.
0: So How old were you, were you then? Yeah,
2: 20. This is after this is the time, I think, for 2000 Maldives. Remember, we went to the Maldives, okay? So, they're talking 2009 7 or 8? Eight. Eight. <laughs> eight, eight. 8, so we we called up for the national team again for, to go to the Maldives, but I we started me and Chad were with um, we that time as well, we played with met we trained with Metropolitan Police and we for pre-season so we for fitness we'd always go running around richmond park mm-hmm. and i did quite well but chad was a machine chad like ran like nearly overlapped people in a park he was like he's, chad could run for fun so chad was the dominating one in um, in the running in that one then we would do uphill runs with power work and i was dominating in that one so me and chad the top of the list fitness work and then in training and preseason, we're passing the ball around, rondos, everything with the assistant coach, pop, 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 pop. it's great. It's like, me and Chad are loving it. It's like, this, this could be it, Chad. Came to our first preseason game and the assistant coach wasn't in charge. It was the the, norm, the head coach, but he kind of, it wasn't the football part. Nice field, we didn't touch the ball because the ball was just being booted from one end to the other. It's like, it's like, you have this nice field, but you don't use it. So it's kind of like a mismatch and it again that just didn't work out and I remember saying to Chad I I I really like enjoy the Philippines I think I'm going to move to the Philippines like uh, I love football but I've really it's time to move to the Philippines.
0: If you want to catch the second episode of his two-part special subscribe to us on YouTube download our episodes on Google Podcasts Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. You can also like and share our videos on Facebook and also drop a comment para tuloy-tuloy itong Across the Line.